What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Thursday, July 1st. July is here, man. Fantasy football draft season is upon us, and and really everything kicks into full swing uh, next week after the 4th of July, but you know what? Doesn't matter. We're already there, man. We've been there all along, and uh, that's why we're putting the work in, so we can dominate our opponents. Today on the show, we're going to preview the Los Angeles Rams. This is a Super Bowl contending team, no doubt about it. So we'll break down all the fantasy football outlooks here. It's This is a sexy squad, no doubt there. Before I get into that, though, let me just remind you, we do have a contest going on. It's really easy to enter this bad boy. All you have to do is review this show, this podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. Rate it, review it, and in your review, leave your Twitter handle. That's all you got to do. You'll be entered in to win a free rant t-shirt. I like free. I like rant t-shirts. Together, I like it all. So do that, and we'll hook you up here. We're going to pick a winner pretty soon since we've reached July, so that'll be coming up shortly, but there's still time to enter. Hook me up, and I might hook you up, all right? Let's dive into the Los Angeles Rams. This was a team that reached essentially their apex with Jared Goff under center. They couldn't do anything more. They really couldn't. That was it. That was the pinnacle. So what do you do? You move on. And you move on, and I think you upgrade with Matthew Stafford. Now, I know that Stafford is, you know, maybe some people might not be 100% sold that he is going to be the absolute difference maker here. But I will tell you flat out, we're basing that take on Stafford with the Lions. Now, let's just remember that. You know, think long and hard about that one. Stafford with the Lions. And you know what? Stafford with the Lions is still a player who has thrown for over 45,000 passing yards over the course of his career. Annually a 4,000-yard passer. In that transitional phase here over the last decade where the league has become increasingly passing-centric, he's been on the you know the forefront of that, even with the Lions. Has a 5,000-yard season under his belt. Has a 4,900-yard season under his belt. This is with the Lions. Now, granted, he did have Calvin Johnson for a good chunk of that. But now he's in an offense with one of the brightest offensive minds at the controls in the league in Sean McVay. He has a nice set of weapons, and probably most importantly and most underratedly, is that a word? He has a run game. When has Matthew Stafford ever had a run game? Like, we almost had a run game with Javid Best, and don't get me started on the what-ifs there. But when has he had a run game? He really hasn't. Well, he's going to have one this year. So Matthew Stafford right now for me, with these weapons, with this offense, with this defense too, by the way, but that's something else. Matthew Stafford has explosive upside. Now, he's not going to run for a a, a ton of yards, but Stafford can get you up over a hunch, right? He could probably get you, you know, a buck. 15, a buck 20, a buck 30, somewhere in that range. So it's a few extra points. May score a rushing touchdown or two. But I'm projecting him out at 4,800 passing yards, 28 passing scores. Right now comes in at quarterback 12. Now, the difference between quarterback 8 and quarterback 12 is insignificant. And same thing with quarterback 12 and quarterback 14. So he's all in that range. But the thing about Stafford that I like in that range is he does have a relatively high floor in this offense, but he also has a very high ceiling. 
And I can't wait to see what Sean McVay does here with Matthew Stafford. Because we know he has the weapons. He has Bobby Woods. He has Cooper Cup. He'll have Deshaun Jackson for half a game before he gets hurt. (laughs) But even, you know, Van Jefferson, okay. Josh Reynolds is out of the mix, obviously. 2-2 Atwell, they drafted, gives you some speed. He kind of... You know, he's going to be more of a a special teamer type. A guy who may contribute a little bit here and there. uh, But I don't have him projected. You know, I have him at 27 catches. So not even two catches per game in his rookie season. It really comes down to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. And if I want one of those two, it's Robert Woods. The versatility in his game to be both a short and intermediate type receiver, but also a receiver who can make plays downfield for you. The consistency of his game... All of that screams front-end wide receiver, too. I have him right now, 87 catches, 1,045 receiving yards, five touchdowns. I know that's a little light, but the ceiling, the touchdown ceiling here for Robert Woods is high. Cooper Cup, 117 targets. So that leads to 80 catches. He's a lower ADOT guy, but should get close to 1,000 yards. Six touchdowns for him. Remember, with Cooper Cup, I mean, we're we're only you know a little over a season removed from a really big, very productive touchdown year for him, right? This guy who had ten touchdowns in 2019 with Jared Goff under center, 90 catches in each of the last two years. I know my numbers are conservative here. I do expect a healthy run game, but I also expect the targets to get distributed around a little bit. Still, Cup is a rock solid wide receiver too. Not really looking at anybody else necessarily in the uh, among the wide receivers here for Los Angeles, but I tell you, like I, I keep running into situations where Robert Woods is my third wide receiver. He slips just a little bit further than maybe he should. And if I have this guy as a front end wide receiver too, having him as my third wide receiver isn't a bad thing. Now those are typically the drafts where I end up with a running back in the first round and then values better at wide receiver in the second and third. If Wood slips to the fourth, I'm pouncing, baby. lot of juice in this offense. And it's not just, obviously, with Stafford and Wood slash Cup, but you also have some appeal at tight end, and obviously there is major appeal in this backfield with Cam Akers with what he was able to do down the stretch last year. So why don't we do this? We'll take a quick break here. And then when we come back, I'll lead with the tight end, so let's dive into Tyler Higby. And is there any value in rookie tight end Jacob Harris? So I smile as I say rookie tight end Jacob Harris because, you know, he technically is a tight end now, but he was a wide receiver at the college level and really – Dynasty-wise, yes, there's appeal because he has the stuff you can't teach. The dude is a monster of a human being. He's got, you know, freakish size, speed, combination. He checks all those boxes, but he's not a tight end, and he's going to convert to tight end at the pro level. That's a difficult thing to do. It's not impossible. Logan Thomas showed us it is not impossible, but he also showed us it takes time. Heck, it takes time for a college tight end to get acclimated at the pro level. So, you know, maybe we'll pump the brakes a little bit there. But Tyler Higby is in a very interesting spot. So, 
we had a tight end committee essentially, you know, with the 12 personnel they were running with Gerald Everett in the mix. The targets were not necessarily consistent there for Higby last year. We know down the stretch in 2019, he was, well, he was potentially a, a league winning type player. Uh, so we know his ceiling. Now, Stafford can help tap into that. I don't have Higby as anything more than a 3-for-32 guy. Listening to this series, you probably know what 3-for-32 three th- three is. It's when you catch three balls for about 32 yards and you're a tight end. That's about what I haven't projected for. 50 catches, all right, that's three catches per game. 598 is a little bit more than 32 yards per game. Five receiving touchdowns. So that puts him as a back-end tight end one. Which, given the overall upside of this offense, I don't think is is terrible. Now, I'm not going to be bending over backwards to try and get Tyler Higby, but it would not shock me at all if he came if he went out there and had a pretty solid year, like a mid range tight end one, like exceeded my expectations here in projections. So a solid target there. And as I said, the nice thing about him is there's very minimal competition for targets like he had with Everett. There isn't that guy. The number two target right now for me is Bryson Hopkins. I only have him with 24 targets. 73 for Tyler Higbee. Not an enormous number, but enough to get the job done if you're not going to grab one of those elite guys. Now, let's talk about this backfield. Because this backfield is darn interesting. Because we have Cam Akers in the mix. Now, I was excited about Cam Akers heading into last year. And and what we then saw in the beginning of the season was, well, he kind of opened up as the lead back. In, In week one, he had 14 rushing attempts, but only 39 yards in that game. And, and then against Philly, only had the three carries, was dinged up from there, and really did a whole lot of nothing over the first seven weeks of the season. Missed multiple games, or was not used, or was barely used. But then things started to change. You know, week eight, we saw, eh, nine for 35, 10 for 38 in week nine, five for 15 in week 10. Still nothing, but here's where... Uh, Here's where really, and week 10, by the way, was against Tampa. That run defense is pretty good. But in week 11, 9 for 84 and a touchdown. Then the training wheels officially came off. 21 for 72 and a touchdown. 21, though. 29 for 171. No scores, but also chipped in two catches for 23. 15 for 63, all right, whatever, in week 14. And then, of course, uh, 21 carries, only 34 yards, but four for 52. He kind of bailed you out a little bit in PPR. The key is the 21 carries. I know the efficiency wasn't, you know, off the charts. But over, and if you include the playoffs here, here's the final five games of the year for him. 21 carries, uh, 22 touches overall. 29 carries, 31 touches overall. 15 carries, 16 touches. 21 carries, 25 touches. 28 carries, 30 touches. And then 18 carries, 19 touches. If we are, you know, we're we're averaging over 20 touches per game there. You know, easy. Let's just say it is 20 touches per game. You know, that's quick math right there. That's 340 touches on the season. If Cam Akers has 340 touches this season, dude is a rock 
solid RB1, if not borderline elite. With his explosive ability, see, that's the thing. It's the explosive ability that's really key with him. I I can't see how that doesn't happen. And, you know, we have history on our side here. We have seen what a bell cow running back in a Sean McVay offense will look like. Remember, last year with Jeff Fisher, Todd Gurley was, ugh, like, really, we let somebody else draft him. First two years, well, I'd say year and a half, or year year and three quarters, let's call it that, with Sean McVay, Todd Gurley was an absolute rock star. He goes 279 for 1305 and 13 scores, plus chipping in 64, chipping in 64 catches, 788 and six touchdowns. That's 19 combined touchdowns that season. The next season, which was only really three quarters of a season in 2018, He had 17 rushing scores and four receiving scores. 59 catches, 256 carries. We know what a bell cow looks like in this offense. Cam Akers is a bell cow. Now, I will warn you, I'm not going to overdraft Cam Akers because I'm not going to overdraft anybody. That doesn't do anybody any good. But if I'm in that back half of that first round, baby, Cam Akers is there. I'm all over that. And I don't think Daryl Henderson does much more than contribute as a change of pace guy. 243 carries for Akers, 103 for Henderson, 40 catches for Akers, 14 for Henderson. He's basically a handcuff. And there is nobody else on this roster behind those guys, so there you go. Akers season, baby. It's on. All right, that wraps up the Los Angeles Rams. We continue on tomorrow to round out the week here with the Raiders. I think we should uh, pump the brakes on the Josh Jacobs fear. So I'll tell you about that on the podcast tomorrow. At Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Radcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. SawdustPods.com. Get some rant merch. Get it. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I am out of here.